This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Hello and welcome to episode two of The M Word. Now, before we begin, I just want to say that this was not supposed to be episode two. What I was going to do was re-record episode one. Okay, so I I listened back to episode one, and there were a couple of things in there that I thought I could express better. Uh, I also forgot to say a few bits, and especially at the end, I didn't say anything about subscribing or any of that jazz, you know. Um, So I thought I could do a better job. So I thought, well, I'll I'll come up and I'll just, you know, I'll I'll re-record it. So that was the plan. So I sat down, everything was right, and then there was a power cut. Now... The reason for that power cut is because we're in the middle of a huge storm. Uh, literally flooding, post-apocalyptic winds, you know, um, I don't know, just craziness. Uh, I think a tree came down on a power line, all that kind of stuff. So that was happening, but I had power, and then all of a sudden there was a power cut just as I was about to re-record. And I thought, well, that's a sign. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I should leave it. So I thought, oh, I'll leave it, actually, fine. I won't re-record it. And... Then I noticed that the mic and everything was still working because it was running through my laptop and actually I could still record. So I thought, well, maybe I should just record number two. I'll just record the the second episode. And I think that it's a lot more authentic and real if I just leave the broadcast as is. Yes, I could go back and I could edit out sections and I could re-record and I could do... but. You know what? I'd rather have a kind of an authentic stream of consciousness that is what it is in that moment. So that's what I've decided now. So that's what it's going to be. And this is going to be episode two. So if it cuts out because the power or the laptop runs out, then you know what? I'm just going to upload this regardless. So if it just halfway just stops, at least you know why. Um, you know, fun, fun times. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm currently sitting in the darkness, apart from a few candles, uh, talking to you guys. And it creates a, a different vibe. You know, I had no real um, thoughts about what I wanted to, to speak about. I thought I already knew I was going to re-record number one. So now I, I feel like, hmm, what, what should I talk about? And I think one of the things that keeps occurring to me is, is why, you know, why magic? Why do I do magic? What is it about it that, that keeps me in it? Um, why do I find it so interesting? So I thought that... Dealing with that question early on, uh, maybe something that a lot of you guys can connect with, um, and I'm not necessarily telling you how to think, but I think in just really explaining how I think and, and approach magic, there might be something in that that, that you find interesting. Um, and and for me, it all kind of goes beyond tricks. It's you know, when I really think about it, it's deeper stuff that's kind of under the surface. Um, and I mean, originally magic for me started as a curiosity, right? Then it became a hobby, then it became a profession. And then eventually it, it kind of became a, a tool that I use for kind of understanding myself. I mean, it still is those other things. I'm still, um, you know, doing it for a living and I, I, I still find it fascinating. I still feel like a hobbyist, you know, to some extent. And I still have all those elements, but it's also become a tool for me understanding myself and... Do you know what? I need to light some more candles. Oh gosh, hang on, wait a minute. This is honestly, this is so dark and spooky. If you can hear winds, by the way, that is not because we have really poor sound quality. Hang on, poor sound quality or anything. It's just that the, the winds and the rain. I mean, it's insane. Um, 
And now I'm to light more candles so I can see what I'm doing. Here we go. Honestly, this feels like, you know when you, you see some kind of like, um, I don't know, movie with some like post-apocalyptic world, I don't know, zombie attack or whatever it is, uh, and there's like a guy that's kind of put together a pirate radio and is broadcasting to the rest of the nation, hoping to like assemble the survivors. That's a hundred. That's what this feels like. It feels like I'm somehow the zombies are either going to come running in, you know, either that or it feels like some you know, cult religious radio station, especially with these candles around. All I need is, like, some pentagrams and stuff. Man, super weird. Okay, right, so what? just do one more candle. This one I don't need. I'm just, uh, just because I can. Let's put that over there. Gosh, it's pretty. Ooh, intimate and romantic. And maybe chance of a zombie attack. Uh, right, so, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, why? Um... So why? What is it? Uh, well, I mean, I think there are there are probably three three main reasons why why I kind of uh, do magic, um, and I'll break down all of them. I think the first the first is really a fascination with magic itself. You know, just the actual art and craft of magic, what it is, I find fascinating. You know, if you really look at what magic is. It is a tool that we use to kind of simulate uh, magical things. You know, we act as if magic is real. This is what it would look like if magic was possible. Now, you know, we know that magic isn't a real thing. We don't have those powers. And yet humans have created this art form that simulates that process. And that's kind of a, in itself a fascinating thing that we are driven to kind of simulate these things. And magic has been around for thousands of years. Um, and it's kind of changed over time. But this this kind of idea within conjuring, this idea of simulating these impossible things as if you had those powers, I find it fascinating because in order to do that, you have to be able to manipulate the attention, perception, expectation of an audience or an individual. You have to manipulate those processes. And so all of the things that you are doing is specifically there in order to manipulate those processes to create this result. And it's unlike almost all things, all, all other art forms. You know, most other art forms, you display your skill. Like, you know, as if you are a musician, you're kind of showing off a, a large part of your skill. A you know, juggler you're doing, if you're a sportsman, you're actively demonstrating, you're showing your skill. You are uh, the art form, if someone watches it, they are watching the process uh, of that thing. You know, it's a weird thing to describe, but, you know, magic is the opposite in a way. It hides everything. You know, whenever someone watches magic, they can't see the process. You hide it. And there's something about that that I find incredible. And we, by the way, we don't just hide it from their eyes in the moment. We hide it from their memory. That, for me, is a deeply fascinating thing, that we have this creative art form that allows us to play with the attention and perception of people, where we hide all these different elements from their awareness in the moment, and we hide from their memory, in order to create this event which appears to be impossible. There's something about that that I find truly fascinating. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... You know, therefore, it kind of, it means that you have a huge amount of area to play in. 
you know it's very creative you know the process is uh, has a has a huge uh, kind of ability to express itself across all different objects different spaces and you have different performers with different attitudes and you know different styles um all of which is designed to create this moment that looks like magic. So there's something inherent to the art form that I find fascinating. And, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if magic powers were real, you know, I kind of wouldn't want them. It would be, you know, if I really could do incredibly powerful magical things just with thought, then it would mean that that was uh, something that existed in the universe. It would just be a natural thing and therefore it would be boring. It's precisely because magic isn't real. It's because we have to contrive it with this art form that I find it fascinating. Um, <clears throat> the actual process of having to design a way to give a person the experience and having to think of all the technical, the design, the um, uh, performance aspects that all kind of come together, combine in order to create this experience for someone. I find that process deeply deeply satisfying it also is intellectually stimulating you know i never get bored you know my wife often says to me like you know do you not get bored like playing with you know these uh effects and coins and cards and other products do you not get bored and i was like no I, I can't you know it's like saying to a musician i do not get bored of playing the instrument it, it's 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 not about that it's about something else and i think there's something inherent in magic that i find deeply fascinating and um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's something that I think a lot of of people should look a bit closer at, which is, you know, why do you find magic interesting? What what was it, you know, that you found appealing? Um, and for me, it's 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 the subject itself. You know, the more I look at it, the more I'm kind of in love with it, and the more I'm grateful that I can do it. You know, I sometimes think, you know, I, I, I walking through life and I look around and I just think that person over there, I'm in a pub or something. I think that person over there has no idea how to vanish a coin. Oh. Sad for them. Like, it's, it's this weird thing that I think, you know, I have this ability to choreograph my movements and understand things about principles, things like the one-ahead principle or bits of timing or movement, that I feel like I have this kind of secret language, uh, you know, that allows me to kind of manipulate objects or, you know, have these dialogue dialogues between objects and ideas and how I want to express them. There's something about that that I find deeply fascinating. Um, I think that really that idea of fascination with the subject itself leads on to this kind of the second thing that I think about with magic as to why I do it, which is meaning. Now, on one level, that's going to sound, you know, a bit kind of tree huggy and uh, uh, potentially pretentious, this idea of meaning. But, but let, let, you know, give me a chance for a second to tell you what I mean. Um, to me, it, magic is an opportunity to understand elements of myself. Um, it wasn't when I first started. I was just, you know, too busy having to learn the rules and, and learn the techniques. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big stumbling block. But once you kind of get past that, once you, you know, are a number of years in, I don't know where that point is. You know, I don't, I don't want to start talking about the 10,000 hour rule or any of those things. But um, I think there's a point that you get to where it makes sense. And you can all of a sudden start thinking about the process in a different way. So what I mean by that is when I start designing something, 
I start learning about what I find appealing. I start I start realizing that I love simplicity and I love to strip away as much stuff as possible. And so in that it kind of opens up you know my fascination with looking at simplicity in other art forms in architecture or art or music. Um you know there's a lot in music about leaving space and uh, you know allowing things to breathe and you know, hearing people talk about simplicity in other art forms becomes fascinating. So often with magic, I'm often looking at how to explore those things um, myself. And so I start learning that I like certain ideas with design. I like certain things with aesthetic philosophies. And I start learning about it. Um, and I find that very meaningful. Uh, there's also something to do with ego. You know, I think that magic tells you a lot about yourself it tells you a lot about how how you relate to others how you relate to yourself you know what it's like when you have to show someone an effect and how they respond and you know what are you trying to do what are you trying to show someone here what you know what, what is it about the effect or the moment that you're trying to communicate and it ends up I think if you pay attention it can teach you a lot about yourself it can teach you a lot about what you're trying to go for what do you want someone to think about you and why what do you want them to think about the magic and why? And so it becomes this interesting tool for, for examining that process. Um, and in that, you can also essentially begin to express yourself. Now, when it comes to the idea of express, expression and expressing yourself, you know, I always hear a lot of insane things said about it. And I think that, um, you know, expressing yourself doesn't mean you tell somebody all of the things that you want them to think about you necessarily you might do but you don't need to do that you know if you can just be authentic within your work if you can just realize this is what I love and this is what I'm going for this is what I'm trying to achieve this is the piece that I've done to do this thing and I just do it and if someone watches that whether they understand you or not whether they understand your drives or not becomes less relevant to me I mean, if they do well, that might be a good thing but it becomes less relevant what is relevant to me is that I'm being authentic with myself and expressing those parts of myself that I find interesting or, or not necessarily expressing those parts of myself but expressing something authentic which in and of itself is a is, is a sense of self-expression and I I love that aspect of it you know some of the effects that I've done uh, over the years that have become popular with magicians um, things like real ace cutting and all that stuff that came from an idea of how to strip so much stuff away how to kind of look at the effect completely objectively and approach this idea connecting to this world of gambling in the most simple most direct way and so for me the that I mean it's not necessarily the greatest example but it's one example of where I can definitely say that approach the methodology the performance all aspects of that came from a sense of what I was interested in and then I just put all that stuff together and did it and it, it was it's very me and so whether someone understands all those reasons or not, or what that means, or whether they like it or not, becomes less relevant to me. So for me, it's a way that I can find meaning from my own work. You know, I, I know what I'm doing and what I'm trying to go for and what I'm trying to achieve. And um, it, it gives me that sense of meaning. I mean, essentially, it becomes all about me. You know, it's for me. And uh, yes, we can always say it's for them and giving them these experiences. And that is true. That's part of it. But also it's, it's for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to pursue the things that I love, that I find rewarding, that I find interesting. And when it can connect out of magic and there are similar ideas about design and movement and simplicity and timing, 
and naturalness that I find in other art forms. It kind of connects and becomes part of this new world, this inner world that I get to experience with its own sets of language, its own sets of techniques and ideas and creative thinking. So, you know, that idea of meaning to me from um, w- within the art it definitely, definitely is a strong factor in why why I do magic. It's um, it's, a, it's a little bit intoxicating. And that, that concept with meaning also kind of moves into um, probably the one of the last... Uh, I think it's probably the last section to do with why I do magic, which is the idea of connection, connection to others, meaningful connections, honest connections. So, and there's a number of ways you can look at this. So the the, the first part is that you have the most obvious form of connection, which is, you know, performing an effect for someone. And in that moment, there is a bridge between yourself and them where where they are reacting and you have decided to perform this piece. And in that moment, there's a kind of a real honesty to that connection because you are manipulating attention and perception. You're manipulating a lot of their cognitive faculties uh, in order to create this effect. And a lot of it is without them knowing. And you you are creating this very interesting artistic creative bridge where they are reacting and 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 it's quite honest and even if they don't like it that 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 um uh reaction is quite honest and there's a real kind of authenticity to that connection that reaction and in that process you get to learn a lot about other people you can tell by the way people react or don't react you can tell a lot about their ego or their intellect or their creativity or whatever it is you 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 learn something and as a performer you end up seeing all these interesting things about humans and ultimately you then end up learning about yourself through those types of through those types of connections you see real moments um and i really really like that a lot um it's 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 not just a thing that you show to me magic isn't a thing that you just show someone watches and they clap there's to me, it's about an interaction with them. You know, the, the effect is defined by them, only exists because of them. You know, a magic moment doesn't exist unless it exists inside of their head. And, you know, that's the only place it exists. It exists as an experience. And so you can kind of create magic in that moment with them through that connection. I find that deeply fascinating and rewarding. And it connects back into that fascination and back into that meaning. Um, I think the kind of the, the last part of that idea that surrounds connections for me that I find fascinating is is the connection to other practitioners and other performers, you know. So not only just other magicians who might share some of your ideas, or maybe they don't, maybe they have the opposite set of ideas, and that's fascinating. But you get to connect with these other people who share a similar um, understanding of, of the language, of what you do, um, and through that you can you can communicate and talk in ways that you can't with others. So you know, and and I've developed some of the strongest relationships um, and most meaningful relationships in my life have been developed through magic, and they're not necessarily all magicians. A couple of them are, but I have deeply meaningful connections with musicians, comedians, and um, say uh, photographers and filmmakers that 
that all kind of share a similar language, you know, even though we're doing separate things. I mean, I, I remember talking to a friend of mine who was a percussionist, and we spent so many years talking endlessly uh, about this this same subject, even though I was talking about magic and he was talking about music. And we were talking about time and space and rhythm and simplicity and connection. And I, I find that magic has given me the ability to speak a language that um, that has opened up many doors to me. Uh, and obviously when it comes to a magician, it's... it's um, you know, it's the it's not just the same language. It's it's exactly the same what's it, dialect or whatever it is, regional regional accent, I don't know. But it's 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 much closer. But but the fact is that this shared language that you have between other performers, artists and creatives, I find a deeply fascinating thing. Um Yeah, so you know, that's that's kind of why why I do magic really. And I think that you know, it's not just about tricks. It goes beyond tricks. I mean, just showing someone a trick, yes, they can clap and it's fascinating and it's great and they go, wow, in whatever context that is, but that's not why I do it. It's a part of it and it's fun, you know. Um, you know, some people might do it because they're living and there's there's, all, there's a million reasons, but if I, if I had to really drill down into what keeps me in this as opposed to something else, it it, it comes down to that that fascination with the subject, the meaning that I get from the work, and then the connection that I get with others. And I think that uh, that's kind of as honest and as real as I can possibly be about it. Um, I think, I mean, you know, thinking purely objectively about, about you know, about it, if I, if I sit back and think about, you know, what, you know, what does all that mean, <laughs> you know? Is it is that valid? Well, you know, I think that in the you know there is no objective meaning in the universe, right? Objectively, I don't feel so. Therefore, it's our choice to create meaning for ourselves, right? It's it's up to us to define what that is, and it is my experience of what is meaningful becomes truly meaningful, becomes true meaning. And ultimately, it means that I think that you are are not the actual, the end result of your work. You're not the praise, but you're the process. You know, the end result and and the praise and all that stuff that comes, the the bit that everyone see, the tip of the iceberg. You know, the all of that stuff. That that is not really what you are. I think that. You are the process. You are everything underneath the surface. And that is the part of magic that I love. And that's where I get all of that meaning from. Um, I think that the the irony, the deep irony, is that all of this understanding of kind of meaning and connection... Now, really, I'm looking for honesty and authenticity in that process. I'm looking for stuff that's real. The irony is that for me, all of that stuff comes out of an art form which is grounded in deception and illusion, you know? Um, And there's a kind of a duality in that that, again... I, again, find fascinating, like some some, feedback loop that never ends. And therefore, you know, magic becomes this intoxicating subject. And 
you know, I, when I hear magicians going, oh, you know, I'm done, it's just all tricks, isn't it? You know, I just don't really know. It's all pointless. It's just, you know, what's the meaning in it? I often think that they're looking too superficially at what they're doing. And of course, on the surface, it can look like that. But so can anything. Look at any sport. You can understand how someone can love a sport. And yet if you look at it on the outside, it's just, you know, a load of guys running around a court, you know, trying to get the ball off each other. And I want it. No, I want it. And then bouncing it around and throwing it in the net again. And it just repeats forever. I mean, you, if you look at that in an absurd way, you know, anything can become meaningless and absurd if you look at it as, as much. But if you if you start breaking down why you do something, why you find it fascinating, you, you'll, you'll probably discover a lot of really interesting stuff that maybe you didn't realize was there or maybe you know um you kind of always secretly knew you just hadn't kind of quite connected with it in the same way so yeah i don't really know if i have answered why but uh i suppose what why do you do you know why not you know what else is there um oh hang on well i've just had so i just had a text message from someone saying that power might be coming back on in a minute okay well luckily and also i've noticed that i think i've probably got i could probably get like another 10 minutes max out of this but i don't want the recording to stop short so I'm, i do you know what? i might just stop this here so um wow yeah that's been a really interesting uh kind of pirate broadcast what it feels like connecting to all the survivors in this uh in this time although the weird thing is is that people are going to be listening to this at any time in different countries so they're just going to be driving down sunset boulevard in the sun completely unaware of of the conditions in which this is being recorded but um yes but for me it's not so this has been a really kind of fun intimate strange uh process um yeah so look i hope you've enjoyed it um please subscribe and whatever platform you are listening on whether it's itunes spotify or whatever that is please subscribe link share all that kind of good stuff um even recommend it to a friend who you specifically think may really enjoy it and i mean if they do you look like a legend and if they don't you have perfect evidence to disown them as a friend so yeah that's that uh cool that's it Hopefully all the uh, power comes back on. Hopefully I'll survive. Until then, come back again for another episode of The M Word. I'll see you guys soon. This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic.